They're done. How y'all doing? Yeah. Pardon the theatrics. Uh, we are having a funeral for 2020. All right. Jesus did it big, so are we. So we're. I'm excited to be. Y'all having a good New Year? I borrowed my Hugh Hefner coat from my brother Stephen. Looks good. You like it? Good deal. We're going to roll on, man. Welcome to the first Sunday in 2021. Y'all ready? Woo! Welcome to the funeral. All right? See, we gather here today to put, put, a year, put a year that to rest that is none like I've ever seen. Has anybody experienced a year like 2020? I don't care how old you are or how young. A year that's seen some people become more political. Ben, ben has become really political this year. A year that's seen people become less political, me, I can't vote. I don't care. So, I, don't, I can't. I can't even vote. A year that's been summarized by some, my niece uh, Kaylee, as a complete dumpster fire. That is not my quote, it's hers. Uh, 2020 has been full of surprises that nobody, nobody has seen coming. So what I'm going to do is give you a brief recap of 2020 as seen by me. First... The bushfires raging across Australia, burning 18.6 million hectares and killing 1 billion animals. I don't know what a hectare is, but I'm sure it's a lot. All right. Then a major Twitter battle happens. The U.S. drone hits a, ma a Baghdad International Airport and took down a major Iranian general, almost starting World War III. This is just January, by the way. Uh, then someone eats a bat. Someone eats a bat or does something, and a pandemic ensues. All right? Forty percent of the world thinks it's the end of the world. It's, this is it. This is what we've heard about. We've got to prepare. The other 40 percent thinks it's all fake. Everything's fake. And then there's 20 percent that thinks that 5G cell phone towers had something to do with this <laughs> epidemic starting. Some of you, Amanda is one of those. Amanda. And the only thing that these group of people can agree on is that the only way to make it through this pandemic is to buy up every bit of toilet paper there is. <laughs> there's no Charmin. There's no Cottonelle. There's no, what do we use? But Angel Soft. Can't find it anywhere. We're having to use the Target brand that feels like uh, sandpaper. All right? There has been race riots, a crazy election that is still going on, I feel like. I can't get around it. I lost... 20 pounds this year. Yep. <laughs> then I gained 10 of it. I found it. More like 15. I, I found it again. All right. It's all right. There's been YouTube prophecies. Uh, people have found platforms through social media and acquired millions of followers. They can't even spell the word platform. All right. I mean, they can't even spell the word platform. It's been a crazy year. So, in the spirit of the year and how we're going to do this funeral, I feel like every good funeral has a joke, you know. I feel like Kevin said this is the funeral for the person in your family that died that nobody really liked, but you got to say good stuff about it. <laughs> but whatever. Um, there's a guy that wins a ticket to the Super Bowl, right? Wins a ticket to the Super Bowl. He's so excited. He goes to the Super Bowl. He gets there, and he's really excited, but he has nosebleed seats. I mean... He's got to use binoculars to see the field. So he's scoping out the situation. He's surveying what's going on. He's looking. And he spots a really good seat next to the 50-yard line, right next to the field. He's like, well, I'm going for it. You know, whatever. He, go, he goes down there, and he goes, goes up to the old man that's sitting there, and he's like, hey, 
Is anybody sitting here? And the old man's like, no. And he's like, wow. Hey, can I sit here? And the old man's like, yeah. He said, man, dude, why is there nobody sitting here? It's the 50-yard line. It's the Super Bowl. And the old man's like, dude, this is a... Uh, I'm sure the old man didn't say dude, but the old man said, well, this is my wife's seat. We went to every single, single Super Bowl together since we were married. You know, no matter where the Super Bowl was, we always went there. This was our thing. And the, uh, the young man's like, golly, I'm so sorry. Sorry for your loss, but you couldn't have found a relative or somebody close to you, a friend to come with you? And he's like, no, they were all at the funeral. <laughs> um, the point of that joke is that nobody's really sad to see 2020 being raid to last, uh, raid, raid, laid to rest. Am I, can I get an amen? Yeah. But here's what you need to know, and here's what you need to know. It is hot on this stage. You, uh, this coat's coming off. Good Lord. But here's what you need to know. If 2020 was a horrible year for you, most likely it was less about the year and more about you. Can I get an amen? I'm going to say it again. If 2020 was a horrible year for you, then more than likely it was less about the year and more about you. See, here's what I've seen about 2020 and I've analyzed and looked at. It's been a magnifying glass, right? If, if, it was, if things were going good in your life, then you looked around and said, well, it's not really that bad. But if they were bad already, it magnified all that stuff. It just made it seem more and more, more and more real. If your life was bad, things just got worse. It's just magnified all the bad. See, I, I scrolled through Facebook posts at the end of the year. There was some negative but there's a lot of positive posts, too. You know, people had a different perspective about the year. I did. You know, I, I seen my son born in 2020. Amazing miracle. But here's what God did is God shined a light in our lives on 2020, and he exposed the things we needed to fix. God has a way of doing that. See, in 1 Corinthians 4 or 5, Paul says this, Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time. Before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart? Then each one will receive his commendation from God. God has a way of exposing what's in the dark, of magnifying what we need to fix. Um, anybody watch the movie Soul over the last week or two? Anybody watch it? It's really a really great movie. Let me get a drink. Um, Jamie Foxx is in it. Tina Fey. Um, it tells the story of a guy that's fixing to go to the great beyond. He's almost died, and then he's trying to get back to his body. Well, then there's a soul 22 that's a new soul, and she is trying to avoid going to earth and trying to live. And I thought, man, that perfectly picture, that's a perfect picture of 2020 that that's a juxtaposition that we're too scared to live, too scared to die. The one soul was too scared to live, and the other one was too scared to die. I feel like that's where we vacillate between us. Hey, I am so scared to live this disease or everything out here that could hurt me. This has distracted me from my purpose. That's what, if I had one word to describe 2020, it would be distraction. It would be distraction. The enemy has used it to distract us. See, Paul talks about this, and he sounds like he was talking about this year in 1 Timothy uh, 6, 2 through 5. It's on the Sky Bible. Yeah, there it is. All right. <laughs> These are things I want you to teach and preach. If you have leaders there, are t there, are, there who teach otherwise, who refuse the solid words of our master Jesus and this godly instruction, tag them for what they are. 
Ignorant windbags who infect the air with germs of envy, controversy, bad-mouthing, suspicious rumors. Eventually, there's an epidemic of backstabbing, and the truth is but a distant memory. That sound like 2020? There's been so much going on that the truth is a distant memory. The enemy has distracted us from our true purpose, what God has for us. See, we came here to do a funeral for 2020, and it seemed real fun. But what we need to do is a funeral for ourselves. Kelly talked about that when he was before I came up here. Guys, we need to let, put to rest whoever we were because 2020 is just going to be 2021 if we don't. So we've ignored the words of Jesus and relied on everything else to get our news. I know I have at times. I've been guilty of it. See, Kelly touched on this last week, Isaiah 53, 6. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. That's why I said if 2020 was a horrible year for you, then it was less likely about the year and more about you. See, what I did today was I gave a little bait and switch, if you know what that is, meaning we came here excited about the death of 2020. Netflix even has a documentary, Death of 2020. But God led me to do a funeral for ourselves and let us resurrect his true nature inside of us. That's what God wants to do. So I'm going to lay out three quick things for us to apply, apply and try to carry with us through 2021 and the rest of our lives. Three quick things. First, I'm going to give you um, a verse by, Galat by Paul in Galatians. And Paul pretty much wrote the book. All right, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Well, he was crucified with Christ. If we want this year to be any different, we have to be crucified with Christ. We have to be totally committed, not partially. See, a lot of us have lived like we were arrested with Christ, like he was our charge partner. Anybody knows what that is? Just because you get arrested with somebody doesn't mean you're committed or devoted to him. I can promise you that. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to start living like we are going to be crucified with Christ. This reminds me of a story. This pig and chicken are walking down the road, and as they pass this church, they noticed the church was advertising fundraising, a fundraising breakfast for a local charity. Caught up in the spirit, the pig made a suggestion to the chicken. Hey, let's each make a contribution to this charity. The chicken said, that is a great idea. Let's offer them ham and eggs. And the pig's like, hey, dude, not so fast. For you, that's a contribution, but for me, that's total commitment. You know, and that's what Paul is saying here. He's not just suggesting we make a contribution, but it's total commitment that we're all in on 2021 or it's just going to be another 2020. You want 2021 to be better? Here's your first bullet. And these are simple, guys. These are simple. Nothing, nothing very uh, spiritual about it, but pray. Number one, pray. Jesus humbly approached the Father through prayer. Jesus did this. If we're going to maintain a meaningful relationship we have to communicate with our Father. Got to. If me and Tiffany cease to talk on a daily basis, then we are, our relationship is going to fall apart. That goes for anybody here. You have to sustain contact. There has to be a meaningful relationship through communication. See, Jesus rose early in the morning. The first thing he did was pray to his Father. Jesus, or God, what, what can I do today? What can I do? What is going to help me go about what you've called me to do? Constant contact with the Father. Pray. The second one, submit to God. 
Now, Jesus submitted to God, so can we. Right? Each day we're faced with the temptation of, to either submit to ourselves and our own selfish desires and go outside the boundaries of God's perfect will for our life, or we can submit to the will of God and totally surrender to his will and his voice. And that's hard sometimes. But, guys, I, I think that if you had a bad year in 2020, you were not submitting to the will of God. I can just tell you that. We discover that we discover what his will is when we read the Bible and study it for ourselves. We learn God's ways. We learn what he's about. We are not perfect, but thankfully, we serve a God that is. Jesus was perfect. And his perfect sacrifice made it possible for us to come to him. For us to come to him and us be crucified with him so he can resurrect something new. All right? The precious gift of the Holy Spirit is what he gave us to all born-again believers. See, Paul said this in Philippians 3, 9, 10. It's not because of my righteousness that I've saved. It's all because of Jesus' righteousness. It's not anything I've done. I can get up here and give the best message you've ever heard. Kelly can come up here and preach his heart out. Bobby can lead praise and worship like nobody's business. Tiffany can give an anointed prayer. But it's not about us. It's about Jesus in us and what he did on the cross. Just not. His righteousness. So uh, the third bullet I'm going to give you is to serve. Serve. Jesus served others. That was what his ministry was. See, he, he ministered to thousands upon thousands of people in his short time here on earth. Thousands, and that's what he was about. See, uh, John 22 tells us, if all the things Jesus did were written down, the entire world could not contain the books, that, what he did. Jesus was about community. He was about serving others. So I got three questions I want to ask you for you to ask yourself. Number one, who is God asking you to serve? Or where is God asking you to serve? It could be the nursery. It could be anywhere else. It could be an ailing family member. Who is God asking you to serve? Who is he asking you to quit thinking about me and think about somebody else? Number two, what selfish desires do you need to lay aside to put someone else's life before you? What do you have in your life that's keeping you from serving somebody else? Number three, are you too busy or too distracted to serve others? And I talked about my word for 2020. It was distraction. What did it do to distract you from really serving other people and really getting to know the heart of God? Because the heart of God is other people. That's it, plain and simple. I know you're probably saying, Casey, so if I pray, submit, and serve, that's going to make my life better? 2021 is going to be magically different? No, I'm not saying that. That's a pretty generic list. But if you apply those three things, I can guarantee you're going to have a better year. I can guarantee you that. See, what I'm telling you is if you do that, you're going to encounter and have an experience with an almighty God like you've never had in your life. Like you've never had in your life. And it's going to help you understand this last point, the last point I got, clearly. See, I'm not telling you all this, but when we do these three things, we'll be willing to be put on the cross with Jesus. But we know Jesus was crucified, right? But he didn't stay there. So when Paul was saying, I need to be crucified with Christ, he knew he was going to resurrect something else in Paul every single day. That's it. There are things in our life we need to bury with 2020 and let him resurrect something new. Can I get an amen? amen. See, 2020 gave us a whole lot of crap. But what we need to do is to die with Jesus. That's what we need to do. I heard a lady in the gas station the other day. Uh, she was talking to the attendant. It was New Year's Eve. And he said, Happy New Year. And she's like, 
That's what we need is a new year. And for some reason, I thought, no, what you need is a new you. You don't need a new year. You need a new you. And here's the thing I want you to know, and I want you to carry with you, and this be your mantra for 2021. Jesus don't do funerals. We might be here for a funeral, but Jesus don't do funeral. Every time Jesus encountered the dead, they didn't stay dead long. They didn't stay dead long. Three times in the Bible, Jesus encountered death, and he brought life to the situation. Three times. In Matthew, he encountered Jairus' daughter, and he canceled the funeral. Canceled it. In John, he raised his friend Lazarus after four days of being dead. Jesus don't do funerals. In Luke, he raised the widow's son at Nain. Jesus don't do funerals. Can, can we all say that together? Jesus don't do funerals. See, I know a lot of us are glad 2020 is over, including me, including me but if we're not careful, 2021 is just going to be an extension of 2020. That's it. So I watched this movie, and I don't recommend it necessarily, but I had a powerful moment in it. It's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And it tells the story of a 20s era, 20s era musician, Ma Rainey. And it all takes place over the course of a day in a recording studio. And there's a trumpet player named Levy, and he's played by Chadwick Boseman, the late Chadwick Boseman. Y'all know him? Great actor. Well, Chadwick Boseman, you find out through the course of this movie, is a, is a brash young musician, very talented, but very scarred with pain and anger. You find out his mother was raped and killed by eight or nine, pe eight or nine people. His father died. He was almost killed, had a scar right here. So throughout the course of the movie, you're seeing this anger on full display. You're seeing him, just a really talented young guy, but so confused, so hurt. So it kind of gives the metaphor. Levy comes up to this door that's in the recording studio, and it's locked. And out of frustration, he starts kicking it, trying to get through, and he's kicking it and kicking it and kicking it and can't get through. Well, about midway through the story, he goes back, and out of habit, he just tries to kick it. He's kicking it. He's kicking it and can't get through. Then by the final act, when everything's found out and everything happens and kind of Levy's anger explodes. He goes back to the door and he's kicking it. He's kicking it and every bit of anger he has in his life, he kicks it until the door opens. When Levy walks through, he's just surrounded by more walls. There's just three walls around him with a lot above him. See what we're doing? See, Levy broke out, but he didn't break through. He was still the same broken person he was. See, if we're not careful, 2020, we're out of it. But 2021, we're not through with all the crap that made us hurt, broken. That's it. Robert Frost made this quote famous. He said, the only way out is through. The only way out is through. See, we might be out of 2020, like I said, but through whatever held us back in the first place. We're anxious to bury 2020, but we're bringing the same broken person with us through 2021. Bringing the same broken person. See, you don't need just a new year. You need a new you. When Jesus raised the son, widow's son at Nain, it wasn't just a miracle. Pretty impressive, right? A miracle. He raised the dead. But he, that wasn't it. See, uh, Jesus touched the casket. He stopped the funeral. Now, that might seem like an insignificant detail and pretty innocuous, but it's not. In those times, in Jewish and Hebrew customs, if you touched the dead or any part of it, you were considered unclean, and you had to go through a seven-day cleansing uh, ritual to be considered clean again. So what Jesus was doing is he was stopping the funeral and saying, hey, 
I am taking away everything of clean, your, your unclean, undeserving life, and I'm making it new again. Not only am I stopping it and raising you from physical death, but I'm giving you spiritual life that was took from you in the garden. I'm connecting you back with the Father. Has Jesus stopped the funeral in your life? Has he? See, God's plan for us in 2021 is to bury who we've created so he can resurrect somebody new. God's plan, and let me tell you, he, he buried who I was four years ago, almost four years ago, and resurrected something new so far away from when I look back at who I was back then, it is not even in the same realm. He will make something new. Tiffany? Where's the mic's at? This is my life It's not what it was before All these feelings I've shared And these are my dreams That I've never lived before Somebody shake me cause I I must be
Amen. I tell you, in that last bridge, it says, "Somebody, don't shake me. I'm afraid I'm, I'm dreaming. You know, and that's what I kind of feel like when I'm up here, man. I mean, this year, 2020 has been so crazy. It's, I mean, we had our son, all that. But as far as church, man, I, I've sung a Kendrick Lamar song. I've done an Eminem song. I did a Soundgarden song. And I did a Stain song just now, man. But what makes it so unreal is that I got to do it with my wife. And that song, if you ever knew that song, it's a mantra for those that are broken, for those that have found their way. It's a mantra for those people. I used to sing that and hope that one day I would be able to give that testimony. This year has seen not only me thrive, but man, I've got to see my oldest daughter Kaylee sing up here. She sang Silent Night and killed it. You know? Chloe has been coming, becoming more involved back there in the back. My family is just shifting. I could never dream this would be my life from in 2016. All because I let God do a funeral in my life and resurrect something new. That's it. And that's what I'm wanting you guys to do. That's what I'm wanting you to do. See, the Father created us for greatness. He wants to create, take whoever you were and make it so far away. Christy, he wants to take who you were and make it somebody totally different. For them to say, hey, I don't even recognize that person. I don't. That's what he wants to do is to breathe his life into you. To breathe the Holy Spirit into you. See, uh, Tiffany and me were asleep in bed about a month ago. And we co-sleep Kai is right in the middle of us. And um, we're sleeping, and I am a berry. I'm out, and if you startle me, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a crazy sleeper. But she wakes me up, and I'm half asleep, and she's holding Kai in her arms on the bed. She's saying, he's not breathing. He's not breathing, Casey, and the only thing I can do is try to grab him, grab him. And I want all I want to do is to, and eventually he starts breathing. You know, uh, if you know my wife, she probably, he was kind of cold that night, and he just wasn't moving, so she kind of freaked out. But in my head, she said, I let out a cry, and I'm trying to get my son back to breathe life back into him. And I thought, man, a few days later, I'm thinking, that's what the Father does when he sees us not fulfilling our potential, not doing what we're supposed to do. He's saying, Casey, I created you for more than this. I created you for more than this. Breathe, son. Breathe, Christy. I didn't just cause you to create you for this. Whoever here needs to hear this. I created you for something different. A bigger life. See, just like the widow's son in name, Jesus stopped the funeral in my life. May 29, 2017, he stopped the funeral in my life. That's it. After 43 months in prison and jail, he stopped the prison. He stopped the funeral in my life. Last year, my son Kai, we heard about this. Oh, we've told you until we're blue in the face, but the doctor said that he was pretty much, he was doomed. Either um, a, a genetic disorder or what else, um, Down syndrome, whatever else. We got the worst possible news. And this is what it sounds like when Jesus stops a funeral. Let me play. That's what it sounds like when Jesus stops a funeral. Laughter. Joy. I'm not saying your life's going to be perfect from here on out. It's not. But Jesus being crucified with him and resurrecting you, somebody new, with a true purpose, 
Man, it's something beautiful. I could have never dreamed I'd get to minister with my brother, his wife, my family. Could have never dreamed in a million years. It's been an amazing year for Zion. Last year, he got to grow exponentially in Alabama. I mean, it's just so exciting. But it's all about how you viewed 2020. It's all about how you viewed it. So what I want you to do today, while we're closing, we're coming to an end. I mean, God, God interrupted a funeral before I even got up here to preach. God was moving. So I know he's wanting to do something in your life today. I know he is. And you might be sitting here, well, Casey, I'm doing pretty good. I pray, submit, serve. I do all those things. But do you do it generically? Do you do it like as a list to check off? Or is it who your heart is? Because God has a way of giving you a heart transplant where those things are second nature. It's not a list to check off. It's something you want to do. So I'm going to ask you this morning, if you had a bad 2020 or if you had something that's going on in your life and you want to bury it right here, physically bury it. No, we're not really going to physically bury the coffin. But if you want to metaphorically bury what you have going on, what's holding you back in your life, I'm just going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Is there something you got that you want to bury? And I think if we're honest, we're all carrying something. I am. Even though I had a great year, there's stuff I wanted to do better. There's stuff I want to bury. I want him to stop a funeral in my life. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's somebody you know. You need God to stop a funeral in their life. I've had people come up to me, hey, um, my, I've got a few nephews or i got somebody struggling. Maybe you got somebody in your family that's struggling that you want to stand in the gap for. Maybe you want to see God stop a funeral in somebody else's life. Maybe that's the case. If that's so, I want everybody to stand up for a minute, please. And I want you to search your heart. And what, what I would really like for you to do, did everybody get a bulletin this morning? Everybody? Or do you got some, a piece of paper? Or you got something at all? I would like for you to write down whatever you would like to see God bury. And then we're going to put it in this coffin. Is that okay with everybody? Is it okay that we have a symbol that God's going to bury something that we didn't want? I have something. I, I'll be on. I've been struggling with debt for years. That's the one thing that holds me back that I feel like, man, you know, and I'm going to be brutally honest. That's uh, nicotine is a big thing with me. I want to bury that. Maybe you have cigarettes. Maybe you have something else. Maybe who knows what you have, but you want to see it buried along with 2020. I'm going to ask you, we're going to um, bow our heads and say a prayer. Then I want you to write it down. I want you to do something. And I want you to come up here and give the symbol to God that you're putting at the rest. Is that okay? Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning. And I thank you, God. I thank you for doing a work in my life. I thank you for stopping the funeral in my life, my family's life. There's many other people here that you stopped a funeral for. God, I just ask you to, to let us lay the things to rest that we need to lay to rest, that we need to become more like you, for us to become crucified with you, a total commitment, a total commitment to you. So let us search our hearts, God. I know sometimes it's hard to come up here and really just walk down here. It feels like an issue, God, but you walk down the Via Della Rosa for miles just so we could live. So I think it's not a, too much to ask for us to walk down here and bury something.
So God, I just pray that you give people boldness out there, that they would live 2021 and the rest of their lives like they have something new in them because they do. They have your resurrected spirit and the Holy Spirit living inside of them. So I just ask you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If y'all want to sing some, guys, just feel free. And then we're going to end this on a praise and worship note.